You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. We all need to be set free from the fear of what people are going to say or think. That rules most people. Fear of man. I got to toe the line because I don't want them thinking badly of me. So we'll go with the crowd instead of standing up distinct from the crowd. We go with the crowd like lemmings off a cliff because we're so afraid of what people are going to say or think. They're going to die like you. Who cares what they think? We need to get to the place where we play for an audience of one. Amidst the promises of the world, have you ever hesitated to choose God over society? Have you ever bent to the whims of society and conformed into someone you're not? Today in his message, Pastor Jeff wants you to know that life isn't about being the most popular. When you choose to accept the world's wisdom, you choose a life full of death and despair. Rise above it all and be a brand new creation by way of God's unending grace. Transcend your desires to be liked and be filled with the joy of the Lord. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 as he begins his message, Arm Yourselves. I brought my 25-year-old Bible. It's been recovered and it's about to have to be recovered again. I had to super glue it. You know, I'm so thankful for super glue. And this stuff was called Gorilla. Some of you know it. And I mean, you better not get it on your fingers. You will never get it off. And if your fingers are stuck together by it, good luck. But anyway, I recovered it. And, um, but I wanted to bring it because I want to read um, just the first eight verses in chapter four uh, so that you can have a sense of context. And then we're going to dive right in. So first Peter four, verse one, if you have your Bible with you, turn to it. If you got your device with you, go to that. But first Peter four, starting at verse one, therefore, now what do I tell you about therefore? You got to look and see what it's there for. Therefore is a connective. It's taking what has just been said and connecting it to what's about to be said. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in, listen to this list, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, everybody says there's nothing new under the sun, <laughs> and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they, your past running buddies, think it's strange that you don't run with them. In the same flood of dissipation speaking evil of you, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead. I'm going to explain this, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful. King James says sober. I like that one better. Be sober and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Amen. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And I'm going to stop there. Amen. Amen. Now, as we begin chapter four, 
Uh, Peter is yet again talking about suffering. Aren't you glad he did? Because how many of you can say, I've suffered a little bit since I got saved? Right? All right. He begins with holding up Christ's suffering as an example for us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Okay? Now, verse one. Therefore, here's the example. Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. What does that mean? That means Christians, there's Christians that don't sin anymore? No, I'm going to explain it. First, notice Christ suffered for us in the flesh. Think about it. The Savior who now sits enthroned in glory with all power in his hands, once lived on earth with skin on him. And while here, he tasted suffering and pain and death. And what's more, he never shrank from the suffering. He didn't run from it. He knew from the beginning that he had come to earth to die on the cross. He was born to die. He was born to die for our sins. That's why he came. And he knew it. I believe he knew it way early on. 12 years old, he's questioning doctors and lawyers in a way that just blew their mind. He was, he was precocious, all caps. He wasn't a genius because he created genius. He was beyond genius. But I believe early on, he knew. That's me in Isaiah 53. He well knew the prophet Isaiah's predictions regarding himself. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and acquainted with pain. Uh, King James says grief. That doesn't sound like a great life, does it? But I got to tell you, I believe the, jo the Lord was a joyful man. God man. I believe he was joyful. One of, the, one of my favorite all-time uh, posters, of course, it's not in the Bible, but I thought it was a great depiction. It's Jesus in the middle, Peter on one side, John on the other. All three of them have their heads uh, thrown back and they're laughing heartily. And I think that's good because our Lord was a Lord of joy, but he was acquainted with grief. He was a man of sorrows because he was a rejected man. He came unto his own, the Jews, and his own, the Jews, received him not. So he knew what it was like to get the cold shoulder deluxe. He was very well acquainted with grief. Now, in light of Christ's sufferings on our behalf, Peter exhorts, arm yourselves with the same purpose. Now, here's Simon Peter, the apostle, telling us, arm yourself to suffer. If you walk with Christ, you're going to suffer. Now, I could sit here and tell you, walk with Christ, you're going to get a bunch of money. If you say the right things, you'll even get more money. And uh, uh, the nicest car, the biggest house on the block, and all these things we hear. No, I'm going to tell you the truth. You walk with Christ, you're going to suffer. If any man lives godly in Christ Jesus, he will suffer persecution. It's a guarantee. Now, the word arm yourselves is from a word used of a Greek soldier preparing himself for the coming battle by putting on his armor. All right? So arm yourself. Suffering will come. Arm yourselves like a soldier headed for the battlefield. Arm yourselves. Don't be shocked when it comes. Be prepared. I got my bachelor's degree in radio, TV, film. And 
quickly, there was one class, the film class, where all of us had to make our own film. It's supposed to be a three-minute film, and, and you were supposed to, you know, you were the, the talent, and you had your camera people, your audio people, your lighting people, and they were all your classmates. And it was near, it was, it was the, the fall semester, so it was almost Christmas, so I thought, well, I'm going to do mine on Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, though you are little among the clans of Judah, yet out of you shall he come forth, capital H, who is to be ruler over Israel, whose goings have been of old, even from everlasting to everlasting. So Micah was predicting that an eternal personality would invade the world via Bethlehem. So I thought, well, my classmates, they're all these intellectual college students. They'll find, at least find this interesting. Oh, man. When I started reading my script, it was on cue cards, and the lights are bright, they're in my face, so I hear what I can't see. But as I'm quoting Micah 5, 2, and I went from there to other Bible verses, I hear a bunch of moving. And I finished my little three-minute video, and when the lights went off and the overhead lights came on, there's nobody there but one girl who was a Christian. And she said, Jeff, hate to tell you, they all walked out. They left you sitting here. And I went out in the hallway and they're all leaned up against the hall and wouldn't even look at me. They so couldn't handle the word of God. The teacher had walked out. Asked me if me and him had a little talk later. But here's the deal. They left the cameras, left the lights, left the, they walked out. And it crushed me. And I got, I was going back and forth to school on a bus in those days. So I got on the bus and I'm crushed and I'm humiliated. And the Lord said to me, why are you so surprised? Didn't I tell you if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you? But didn't I also tell you when they persecute you, count it all joy? For so persecuted they, the prophets that are before you. And, and so I learned a great big lesson that day. You take a stand for Christ, you're going to experience some strong rejection. So arm yourself so that you're not shocked. Like I was blown away and until the Lord spoke that to me. I was pouting. The rest of the semester was uncomfortable. None of them would talk to me. All I did was quote Micah 5 too and refer to Christ. But that school was so dark spiritually, they couldn't handle it. Everybody say, arm yourselves. Be ready and don't be surprised when people do you dirty when you come out with your testimony. And believe me, now more than ever, Peter knew that his own cross of suffering, which Jesus had predicted for him, was near. He says in 2 Peter 1.13, remember, or we haven't been there, gotten there yet, but here's what he says in 2 Peter. But the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that my days here on earth are numbered and I'm soon to die. Peter was arming himself for suffering, even as he wrote. The apostle adds an interesting thought here. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. What does that mean? Well, a believer who has been persecuted is a believer who has learned how to live the victorious life and to die to himself. He who has died to living a sinful, compromising lifestyle has died to sin. That is, you're not living for it anymore. 
which leads to the next result. Listen to verse two, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Once you get persecuted real good, something in you gets set free. Because now I don't care what they think. I let them talk. I don't care what they think. Ask me, have I run across any of those people from my class that day? Ah, they're gone. I've never seen them. I don't know what happened to them. And I got to the place where I said, I don't care. I'm going to take a stand for Christ. I don't care. Yak away. Now, if I do something bad and I get persecuted for it, I deserve it. But if I'm living for Christ and they're coming at me because of my testimony, I don't care what they think. I don't care what they say. Because the fear of man brings a snare. Proverbs. Fear of man brings a snare. We all need to be set free from the fear of what people are going to say or think. That rules most people. Fear of man. I got to toe the line because I don't want them thinking badly of me. So we'll go with the crowd instead of standing up distinct from the crowd. We go with the crowd like lemmings off a cliff because we're so afraid of what people are going to say or think. They're going to die like you. Who cares what they think? We need to get to the place where we play for an audience of one. I play for an audience of one. <sighs> Let them talk. There, there's an old castle in England and engraved on the wall of this old castle, I mean really old, centuries old, somebody put on this castle. They say, what do they say? Let them say. <laughs> Amen. So here it is. We should no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh. That's not the will of God. For the lust that drove us before we knew Christ. But we're to live for the will of God. We're to live for the will of God. We're in enemy territory as Christians. Can I have an amen? amen? We're in a battle that few soldiers get by with unscathed. We're in a battle. It's for life. And in our spiritual battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil, virtually nobody who loves the Lord is going to get by without some scrapes and wounds. It's almost impossible to do because we're in a real battle. Real. Every day. Forces of darkness against the forces of light. And we're with the light. Peter says in order to win the fight, we're not to live our lives uh, giving way to the flesh or to fear. We're to be submitted as good soldiers to the, to, uh, the will of God and fully live for him. I live for the, why do you live? I live for the will of God. I live to do his bidding. Every day, he's the boss, applesauce. Uh, he's Lord and I'm not. He's boss and I'm not. And every day, I'm serving the will of God. Every day. And that makes the difference between men and women. Boys and girls. People are just playing at Christianity and people who mean business. Now to further ha hammer home the point, Peter turns his readers to memories of how they used to live. And here comes this laundry list again. Verse three, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. 
when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In other words, we might have gotten away with these things when we were pagans, but that is out of the question now that we are His. There's a difference between believers and non-believers. People ought to be able to tell. What's the matter with you? How come you're not doing what we do? Because I've been saved. I've had an encounter with Christ. Let me look at these words real quick. Lewdness. We walked in lewdness. That just sounds nasty. Lewdness. It is nasty. It refers to indecency, lack of restraint, outrageous conduct. That's what lewdness means. In 2 Peter 2, 7, Peter uses the same Greek word to describe the filthy lifestyle of the homosexuals of Sodom. Same word, lewdness, lack of restraint, indecent, outrageous conduct. Lust refers to an inordinate fleshly desire of any kind, not just sexual, a craving for something God condemns, okay? Drunkenness. Now, of course, that's excess wine or strong drink. This Greek word is also associated with debauchery, Sensual, wasteful living like the kind the prodigal son lost himself in. Drunkenness. Drinking too much. Um, Jeff's life is a sip is too much for me. I'm not trying to put that on you because the Bible doesn't say you can't have, um, I don't know how much, but the Bible says watch out for drunkenness. However, Tonight, we got a call on to every man an answer. And um, the question was, I've got a friend that's smoking pot all the time. And he says, as long as I do it in moderation as a Christian, I'm fine. So what do you, would you say to my friend? And I said, well, let me tell you what I tell your friend. First of all, it's a mind-altering drug. The word for drunkenness in the Bible means intoxication. They, didn't, they weren't smoking joints in the first century. But marijuana is intoxicating. It's a, a mind-altering drug. Now, so we can easily kind of extrapolate that word drunkenness and say anything that, that, uh, affects, that alters your mind, breaks down your willpower, affects your perception and the keen edge of your spiritual life. It is all important to me that I keep a keen edge. I could never pastor without it. I gotta keep a keen edge. By the grace of God, every day, I'm in that word and I'm keeping a keen edge. I, I don't wanna be clouded. I, I don't wanna be in half a stupor. If the devil's coming at me, I wanna see it. Are you with me? Okay, but then I found in Revelations 9, there's, John is having this revelation of the people of the earth are seeing the judgments of God fall in terrible ways. The ecosystem is being destroyed. People are being killed. The judgments of God, the, the seal judgments, the bowl judgments, the trumpet judgments are falling. And in Revelation chapter nine, John observes by the spirit that the whole world, nobody in the tribulation world is repenting. They know that it's the judgments of God, but they're not repenting. And, it, and then he lists what they're not repenting of. 
In one of them, he says, sorceries. Ah, stop. Because that word sorceries in the Greek is pharmakos. From which we get the word pharmacy. And it literally means drugs. So the world experiencing the judgments of God are refusing to repent of drug abuse, pharmakos. And the Bible associates drug abuse with sorcery. You've heard me say a lot, and I'll say this because I love you. You can go do what you want. Listen, chew the meat and spit out the bones. If you don't agree with me, you're wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But here's the deal. I can tell you what I believe is, is biblical, but then you got to either agree or not, walk it or not. But I love you enough to tell you, you want to open the doorway to hell? One of the fastest ways is pharmacos, a drug. And there's so many out there now, so many illicit. Now, when a doctor prescribes a drug, antibiotic, for instance, if you're burning up with a fever and you're in danger of dying or something, they give you a, a antibiotic. That's a good drug in the sense that it saves your life. But I'm talking about illicit, wrong drugs, street drugs, from hallucinogenics to opioids, fentanyl, coke, heroin, meth, laboratory drugs, the illicit. You open that door, hear me, you may not come back watching at home, listening later on radio. I got to tell you the truth. I've been a pastor a long time. I've buried too many people who went through that door and never came back. These days, there are drugs. You can do one hit and it's all you think about the next day. I got to do that again. Look at the streets of Philadelphia, LA, Portland. I could name them. Look at the zombies walking around who aren't even, who are no longer uh, in reality, no longer able to do anything but stoop forward like they're counting something on the ground. Their minds are gone, bodies are gone, future is gone. Do you think they woke up one day and said, I think today I'm going to go ruin my life? No, they opened the door from which they never return. Now, Jesus can deliver you. He delivered me. Now, I was never hooked. He, I was never hooked. I was in, thank God, I never had enough money to get anything. I, I, but I, I did do drugs for a couple of years to my regret. But it was, it was pot and regrettably LSD. But I never did the opioid thing. And I was in drugs two years and I got saved. But now... It's a whole different game now. Fentanyl. Well, yeah, I've heard about people dying, but not me because my friends told me it has this mixture and it's safe and I can do this much. Don't, don't you believe a word they say. They don't care about you if they're trying to get you to take a drug. Do you ever find yourself stuck? Do you let the daily struggles of life determine your long-term goals? In Pastor Jeff's message, he illustrated the importance of remaining committed to the promise of heaven. 
Never forget your dedication to eternal values rather than the fleeting pursuits of this world. As you navigate life's difficulties, let the eternal promise of heaven guide your decisions. Align your pursuits with an existence beyond the confines of this dusty old world. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Jeff Wickwire from Hardwired, and I've got something really special to share with you. For a gift of $20 or more, we're gonna send you a beautiful hardwired pen and a bright LED flashlight with an attached keychain. It's blue in color and bordered in copper and it's very pretty. It's our gift to you for supporting Hardwired. The set also contains a built-in stylus for your touchscreen devices. So to claim your gift set, visit our website at hardwired.org and just donate $20 or more and click the Donate Now button in the top right corner. And thanks so much for being a part of the Hardwired family. And I assure you, every dollar that comes in is gonna go straight to reaching the world with the Word of God. Have a blessed week. And I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's coming up on the next edition of Hardwired. Next time on Hardwired with Pastor Jeff, he shows you that amidst life's tribulations, there lies an opportunity to uncover beauty. Whether you're faced with the ruins of a life in shambles or confused on what to do next, God desires to guide you towards blessing amidst the pain. Embrace the beauty that emerges from your most difficult storms. No matter how messed up your situation may be, God always has a way. Let Him redeem your life like you never thought possible. Well, that's all we have for today's edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. If you'd like a copy of today's message, you can download it from our website, hardwired.org. Be sure to tune in again as Pastor Jeff continues teaching through the book of 1 Peter next time on Hardwired.